Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. I think T.S. Eliot's so great. I mean, I love that last bit, you know. And the wind shall say, here were godless people, their only monument, the asphalt road and a thousand lost golf balls. When the stranger says, what is the meaning of this city? Do you huddle together because you love each other? What will you answer? We dwell together to make money from each other? Or this is a community? And we're starting a, a new series today. I'm just going to move this it's slightly in the way. Um, we're starting a, a new series today. And I just want to spend some time looking and talking about the nature of community. You know, we call ourselves the Aspen Chapel community. Um, you know, what does that mean? Uh, I think it's appropriate to sort of work out what does it actually mean to be a part of the Aspen Chapel community in practice. You know, both those of us that are here, part of the community, and also all those watching online every week, um, part of the community watching from afar. And, you know, to some extent, it would be good to feel your presence uh, more. You know, maybe uh, text or email uh, the office or, or the text number, where you're from and your name is, just so we get an idea of what that community is. People come up to me and say, oh, I watch you online. And I never quite know, and I never know who they are because I haven't met them. And they said, oh, no, we, we only come in once or a year or something like that. But it's, it's nice to know who is uh, watching online. And I think, you know, since COVID, you know, we've become very aware of the importance of community as we're all confined in our homes for long periods of time. The, the word community, I always like these, the entomology, the word community has its roots in, in the Latin compound co-muni, which means held in common. Co meaning together, and muni means shared by all. So it's held in common or shared by all. That's the actual meaning of it. And so much of I think today's society is not held in common, it's held by me. You know, people want things for themselves rather than having things in common. You know, and as things in the world get tougher, the temptation more and more is to make sure that me and mine are okay, and the good of the whole often comes a second paw to that. You can see that in countries putting their, their own interests above the interests of everybody else, in, in world leaders putting their own interests above everything. And he goes right down the scale, you know, of our experience of putting our own interests above the interests of perceived others. Um, I think it's only natural when we feel a sense of threat to, to draw in the wagons and protect ourselves. But I think that only serves to in increase that sense of isolation, both for ourselves and, and also those who we're protecting ourselves from. And I think COVID did exacerbate that. You know, with borders closing between countries, people being asked to stay where they are, and everyone feeling, you know, a bit isolated. In his book, uh, The Art of Loving, Eric Fromm says that the greatest cause of mental illness by far is loneliness. And it's no wonder that we have an explosion of mental health issues with the increase of isolation and loneliness. 
and after the pandemic, we're only, only just beginning to come back together again. So many places of community have become broken, and it takes time to get those people back together again. People get out of the habit of forming communities, so they end up on their own. And, you know, on the, in the next few weeks, I want to have a look at that. You know, what does bring us together? What makes us a community? Why we're here? What could we do as part of a community? What I don't think I want, what I don't want is to be a part of a community of individuals who simply want to consume spirituality. You know, I said before that, you know, it, this can end up a spiritual stand-up. And if people come along, get a bit of stand-up, you know, go down and play golf after that. And, you know, it's just a part of the daily entertainment routine. And I think we, we, we mustn't become spiritual consumers always looking for the next thing that we can add to our spiritual knowledge in a way to get closer to whatever spiritual goal we might have out there as being what we're aiming for. There's a lovely quote from Scott Peck, who wrote the book, The Road Less Travelled. He said, Community means a group of individuals who've learned to communicate honestly with each other, whose relationship goes deeper than the masks of their composure and have developed some significant commitment to rejoice together, mourn together, delight in each other and think of each other as we think of ourselves. And I think that, that's quite a big deal, really. You know, it's, it's, it's much more than just coming together with our Sunday faces, you know. Communicating, communicating honestly with each other relationships going deeper than the masks of our composure, developing a commitment to rejoice together and to mourn together and to think of each other as we think of ourselves. And obviously there's an, there's an echo there of Jesus's, you know, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. I think there's no doubt that what brings us together here is an acknowledgement of other, that there is an other we're not just a community based on a political agenda or, or live in a particular locality. We've got people watching from all over the place. Or we have a, a shared interest in sort of model railways. You know, it's a different type of community. We come together to acknowledge the reality of divinity in life, to acknowledge that there is a ground of all being, that there is something beyond just our, our minds and, and, and all that sort of part of it. And whereas other groups uh, who do that too, you know, what defines us, I think, is our, our unwillingness here to put labels on our concepts of divinity. You know, we don't mind what people think or believe, really. We could be Christian here, or, or Buddhist, or Jewish, or Muslim, or of no particular faith. What interests us, I think, here is what unites us rather than what divides us. Therefore, I think we can identify with, here as a community, I think we identify with values rather than beliefs. You know, we, we value here welcoming people. I think we value openness. I think we value honesty with the safety of, within the safety of confidentiality. I think we value responsiveness. I think we value relationship. You can think, 
if there are any that you can think of that we value, I'll ask. If there's a silence, that's fine. We value silence as well. I think we value involvement. I think that's something that we do value. I think we value accountability. Uh, we value the concept of journeying. I think we value creativity. I think we value vulnerability. I think we value mindfulness, joy, appreciation, transparency, reflection, action. Any others that you can think of? Anyone want to? Love is a good one. Patience. Peace, very good one, yeah? Patience. Sorry? Patience. Patience. We value you. Oh, me. <laughs> that's very good, yes. We value each other. That's a very good thing. No, we do va- that's a great thing. We do value each other, don't we? That's a good thing. Anything else? Compassion. Yeah, we do value compassion. And these values undergird everything else, don't they? They undergird belief. They... they you know, they come from an aspect of belief, but really it's the values that help us to live our lives. Anything else? I think we value education. I think education is absolutely key. You know, I think education is the key to transforming things in the world. Education. And a lot of, a lot of bad stuff, if you like to call it that, comes from ignorance. People not knowing how to get what they need or get what they want or... Or how to behave. And I think education is is key. Anything else? We value the ability to explore spirituality and consciousness with freedom. And over the next few weeks, we're going to come back and explore some of these themes and look at how we might use them to strengthen us as community. But I also want to do some specific things, not immediately, but I'm, I'm just putting out some ideas you know, just to, to have us come together as community. For example, you know, I would like to, to... We've done this in the past, a few many years ago, uh, but I'd like to create a directory of everybody here, you know, so people can sometimes think, who is that person? You can actually look them up in the directory. Oh, yeah, that's, it's Jim. That's great. Hi, Jim. <laughs> you know, I'd like to create a directory of people, not only just people who come in the room, but also people online. You know, if you're watching online, it'd be nice to have people, you know, I could put it, we can put it in the directory. We mainly watch online and have a whole, and where you're watching from. So we get an idea of who is watching online and, and where people are coming from. And we, we might investigate the possibility of name tags, because it's always really, especially for me, it's always very useful. It's like, hi, Jeff, how are you? <laughs> you know, it's, it's much better when, I, when people have got name tags on, because then you don't have that awful thing where you have to either pretend you remember the person's name, and, and you introduce them to someone else and hope they say, my name is. Oh, right, that's who you are. So it's the tricks of the trade, you see. So, so I'd like to do that. I'd like to create a directory um, of that. And also, you know, some of you probably know, uh, we're starting a supper club. Um, and, you know, that's quite a nice idea. We get sort of groups of about eight people. It's on the back of that sheet that's on your, on your um, chair at the moment. But you have groups of eight people. And once a month, you have supper together. And you just meet them. And you get to, there's no other, re- there's not a Bible study or you have to do anything. It's just to have fun. Just to enjoy each other's company. And then you get to know those people. And then when you, when you say over, after one couple of, or, or two people have hosted, then you, you put all the names back in a hat and you choose another eight people. So you gradually get to know more people. So I'd like to do that. And the other thing I'd like to do is I'd really like to identify some sort of work 
that we could do here as a community. You know, because we can sit here noodling and meditating and thinking about the nature of reality and stuff like that, but unless we're actually doing something, it's all a bit vacuous, really. It's just, again, me getting stuff for me. And we have had things that, you know, since I've been... Beforehand, I can't really speak to but since I've been here, you know, one thing we did take on was was, you know, homelessness in Aspen. People who didn't have homes, we opened up the gallery, people slept in the gallery for, you know, a couple of winters, they slept in the gallery. But the, 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 the pe various people decided that the best thing to do was actually put them in hotels in Glenwood. So that went away in terms of something to do. But I'd like to find something else to do. I'd like to find something that we can get behind, that we can actually make a difference in some particular area. Now, I don't know what that is, um, and, you know, if I just came up and said, this is what we're going to get behind, everyone will go, well, thanks very much, but not for me. So I'd like to sort of, over a period of time, not, not quite sure how this is going to work, just for us to identify something that we might all think that we could get behind and, and campaign on, yeah. Some sort of campaigning thing that we could uh, try and make a difference together. So I'd like to, I'd like to do that. Um, we have to account for those words from Eliot, you know. Why, why do we come together? Do we just come together to, to have ourselves become more spiritual or do we come together because this is a community? And there are different types of community. I just want to say this as well. There are different types of community. You know, we might think of ourselves in the valley as being a community. A community. That's one way that we can think of ourselves. In fact, you know, when we arrived, and I'm sure when you arrived, everyone, the first things people say to you is, well, welcome to the community. And that's a common phrase you do say to people when they do arrive in the valley. So, so that sort of community really is just a geographical uh, community with, with a shared tax and political structure. But, you know, we're, we're all together in this particular community. But there are other sorts of community that we, we are a part of. There's the family community. We all have a support networks of people that we're related to. Uh, you know, that's a community that's, you know, treasured. We have a, a friend community. That's, that's another community that we have. You know, local friends, neighbours, people we go and stay with. There's a friend community. Uh, there's, there's people who live in community, which is where you decide to live in the same space as people. In monasteries, they live in community. People tend to do flat shares. They live in community. Or you know, people going to college. That, that, that is a community where people actually live together, like a commune, that sort of thing. There's a wider community based upon support networks, maybe organized municipally, and where volunteers look after those who need you know, that we do have that here, where there's a, there can be a community support network, uh, community of, of interest, people who share common interests, that could be religious belief, sexual orientation, occupation, ethnic origin. You know, we do talk about the Chinese community or the gay community, and includes a whole range of other cyber communities and car boot enthusiasts. Do you call, do you call them car boots in America? Is that, what was the thing you put your... your, your what's the, the trunk? Is that what you call it? Yeah, your trunk community. We, we don't have garage sales. We have car boot sales. So if you're going to a field and lift the, put all the stuff they want to sell in car boot sales. You don't have that here, do you? No. It's a thing in England. We might do this. It's called a car boot sale. And everyone drives their cars around to a field and opens their boots. And they've got, of course, they've got, got chairs and bits of tenting that comes over. And they put all their stuff. You go around a car boot sale and everybody just goes and buys stuff. So anyway... 
That's idea for fundraising, Bruce. We'll have a car boot sale here. We've become an English parish, you know. We'll be having bric-a-brac as well soon. So we have a lot of combination. You know, here we have a combination of a lot of those sorts of ideas. We have family network, support next to There's a pastoral group. Someone's here, you know, hopefully they give me a call. And, you know, we can have people cook meals or, or stuff like that. You know, there's geography involved. Scott Peck says that true communities are rare. You know, ones where people do all those things, communicate honestly, and whose relationships go deeper than the masks and mourn together. You know, and our challenge is to me more than just a group of people who turn up on Sundays. That's what I'd like us to be. That make it more fun to be together, where we're friends. We had the whole series on friends, but where we're friends together, where we're doing something together. To me, that's interesting, rather than just entertaining each other. We want to come, we want to welcome others to our community and provide a space, face, safe space for them you know, to tell the truth. We want to encourage spiritual practice as a way of personal and corporate transformation. To have a sense of belonging so that we can share our journey together and not simply that consumer of whatever religious stuff is going on up the front. To be people who are committed to giving and receiving in all aspects of life. And I like that idea of giving and receiving both. To say that giving is better than receiving, it always sounds a bit trite, but I don't know if, uh, if you know Travis Fulton. Travis uh, told me something the other day, a, a story that really made that point. Um, and he said it was an experiment that was recently conducted, and 50 people, we could do that here, were given $50, but I didn't think the budget in the chapel would enable that, but 50 people were given $50 to go out into their day and to spend it on themselves. And then another 50 people were given $50 and told to go out and spend it on some, someone else. And they were asked to come back and report their experience of the day. The 50 people who spent money on themselves said they had a pretty good, okay day, nothing special. But the 50 people who spent it on others were unanimous in saying that their day was outstanding. And you could see why it would be outstanding. It's the giving part that builds community. And we, we do need community. We're essentially always alone. We're born alone. We die alone. You know, which is why family and friends are so important. But beyond that, it's the community that enables us. You know, it's a community, and we all, we all have that, depending on the things that we're interested in. It gives us a rich source of people to be intimate with, so we don't have to bear our troubles on our own. And we, we you know, we can communicate honestly with people, we can develop uh, relationships. I think it's quite a strength just to be a community of people who meet in church on Sundays. Um, we have to make a change, I think, here, to create that community, to come together to make an effort. But, you know, in the end, it's what will keep us sane. As Eric Fromm was saying, you know, it what, it's what keeps us sane, that not feeling alone. Real communities are rare because it takes an effort to create them. But I think it's worth it. It's often said, you know, in Christian terms, we are the body of Christ. And that essentially is how we build community here. We don't necessarily use those words all the time. It's acknowledging that each of us has a ground of being, a universal mind within us, 
And in that sense, each of us is to some extent the Messiah to each other. You know that old, that old monastery story, the monastery was falling apart. And uh, the bloke, one of them goes off into the village and, and there's a wise man in the village. And the, one of the monks goes to the wise man and says, how do we not fall apart as a community? And the wise man says, one of you is the Christ, the Messiah. And they all go back, you know, and say, who is it? Who is the Christ? <laughs> who is the Messiah? Just to try and work out who the Messiah is. And of course, it suddenly dawns on them that they're all the Messiah to each other. And um, we are all the Christ to each other. And I think that's a, that's a fantastic thing to think of in terms of, of being in community. We realize that each of us has a role to play, no matter what our skills and abilities are, and that together we can make something happen. When we truly acknowledge that it brings us together, you know, under those two great commands, you know, uh, to love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And I think that's something that we do want to develop here. You know, often in churches, there's a big welcome when people arrive, but after that, it seems that, you know, there are various cliques. It's often when people go outside and talk in the reception, you know, there are people that know each other, and other people are like, you know, I don't know anybody here. I'm going, you know, and so they, they, they'll just go at that particular point. I think it's important to have ways that people can choose to get involved, you know, helping doing something or being part of a small group or making a contribution. And then there's just the simple things of like introducing yourself to people you don't know, inviting people to meals and generally creating a bond between you people. And I think that makes a difference. I think having a, I'm just finishing now, I say. I think having a strong community is such an important part of what we do. And without that, we're just individuals. And together, we're so much stronger. You remember that, you know, chord with, what is it? A written down. Chord with three strands, you know, stronger. So, I'd like to do that. And so, I think we're just going to start right now. And... Uh, I'm just going to give you a second to let the ickiness go away because you know I'm about to ask you to do something. <laughs> I'd like you to, in a moment, stand up and go and find someone you don't know and introduce yourself to that person and just say hello, find out who you are, where you come from, have a little bit of a conversation. I'm only going to do it once. You know, I should do it too many times. But, uh, um, so, just for a second, just pause while I ask you to. So if you'd like to all stand up now. And just find someone you don't know and go and introduce yourself to that person. There we are. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.